Since her first supposed haunting was in the 1970s, allegedly this evil doll had been blamed for a demonic possession, a slew of violent attacks, and at least two uh, near-death experiences. In recent years, the true stories of Annabelle have even inspired a series of horror films. But just how much of the Annabelle story is real? Is the real Annabelle doll truly a vessel of demonic spirit in search of a human host, or is it simply a child's toy used to prop a widely profitable ghost stories? <coughs> there are stories of Annabelle. These are the stories of Annabelle. Tonight, we will talk about the true story of the real Annabelle doll. Flesh. <coughs> Thank you. Oh, Annabelle's cursing you. Yeah, seriously. Though she doesn't share the same porcelain skin or lifelike features as her ceramic, ceramic counterpart, the Annabelle doll lives in the occult museum Famed paranormal investigators Ed and Lauren Warren, the pair that worked on the case, made the more creepy and more ordinary she appears. Annabelle's stitched features, including her half-smile, bright orange triangular nose, invoke memories of childhood toys in simpler times. Unfortunately, Ed and Lauren Warren, Ed died in 2006 and Lorraine died in 2019. They could tell you stark warnings across, uh, warnings across, sprawled across Annabelle's glass case were necessary. According to the well-known demonologist couple, the doll is responsible for two near-death experiences, one fatal accident, a string of demonic activities that lasted some 30 years. Oof. No bueno. The first of these famous hauntings came allegedly can be tracked down to 1970 when Annabelle was brand new. Her story was told by the Warrens, two women, and was retold years after the Warrens themselves. The story goes that Annabelle Dahl had been a gift to a young nurse named Donna from her mother for her 28th birthday. Donna, apparently thrilled with the gift, brought it back to her apartment that she shared with another young nurse named Angie. Her mother gave her a birthday, 28th birthday gift as a Raggedy Ann? Yeah. In the world. I don't know. My mom gave me a G.I. Joe for Christmas a couple of years ago. That's different. Those are uh, classics. Well, so is Raggedy Ann. Raggedy Ann is too, unless it's haunted. Well, the first doll, at first the doll was adorable, an accessory, just sitting on the sofa in the living room. Greeting visitors with her colorful visages. But before long, 
The two women began to notice that Annabelle seemed to move about the room on her own accord. Donna would sit in her sit on her in the living room before leaving for work to come home in the afternoon to find her in the bedroom with the door shut. Donna and Angie then started finding notes left throughout the apartment reading, help me. According to the women, the notes were written on parchment paper, which they did not even have in their own apartment. Hmm. Furthermore, Angie's boyfriend, known only as Lou, in the apartment one afternoon while Donna was out, heard rustling in the room as if someone had broken in. Upon inspection, he found no sign of forced entry, but found Annabelle, the Annabelle doll lying face down on the ground. Other versions of the story attacked upon waking up from a nap Suddenly, he felt a searing pain across his chest to find bloody claw marks running across his chest. Two days later, they vanished without a trace. Now, if it's like the three claw marks on his chest, you definitely know it's demonic. Yeah, I'd say so, especially if it just appeared there. Yeah. And just disappears. Yeah, that's kind of freaky. And not right. Well, following the boyfriend's traumatic experience, the women invited a medium over to help solve the seemingly paranormal problem. The medium held a seance, which is not a good thing to do. No, it's like opening... You know why? Like opening a door to, to hell. That's right. He told the women that the doll was inhabited by the spirit of a deceased seven-year-old named Annabelle Higgins, whose body had been found years earlier on the site where the apartment building had been built. The medium claimed that the spirit was benevolent and simply wanted to be loved and cared for. The two young nurses reportedly felt bad for the spirit and consented to allow her to stay as a permanent residence in the doll. Psych. Yeah, I know. Can you just imagine that? Well, I mean, I think that's how a lot of uh, demonic spirits work their ways, is they kind of uh, play to your emotions, so you can uh, they can attach to either you or an object. And in an object, you know, kind of torment you in a way or whatever. I know. Well, the one thing is, it's just like it, the demon is going to go in and, and possess a doll. And like I was telling, I was talking to Paige before. It's just like the demon is going to invest. Is going to go and it's looking for a human host. Right, and I think it's. Not the first Annabelle, or it might have been, it's in one of the Annabelles how um, Ed Warren explains how 
demons attach themselves to inanimate objects. I just don't know exactly which one it was offhand, but uh, he he gives you a, a kind of a list on um, how it occupies a a uh, an object. Mm-hmm. Sneaky damn things, them damn demons. Well, that's why they're called demons. Yeah. And, you know, people who don't believe that there are demons are probably the ones that are probably attacked easier. <laughs> you know, the one thing is, the, the two the two nurses, they finally came to their senses and they decided we got to get rid of this thing. So, what did they call an Episcopalian priest? And the father came over, and he brought, he contacted Father his father superior, who alerted the Warrens. And then, um, basically, what happened was when Ed and Lauren uh, Lorraine were down there. The two young ladies' troubles truly started to begin believing that the doll deserved their sympathies. Hmm. The Warrens believed that it was actually a demonic force in search of a human host within Annabelle and not the benevolent soul. Well, I imagine if it was, if it could do a attach itself to like a doll and be able to uh, torment more people than just one person. Especially oh. if it's just like a, a little helpless thing like a Raggedy Ann doll. Well, the one thing is, it's true. It's, he's actually a pretty crafty little devil. <laughs> Literally. Because the one thing is, it's just like this Raggedy Ann doll and of course, women are going to play more emotion. Uh, they... they to them, it's something from their past, from their childhood. And it was fun to have around the house. It looks harmless enough. It looks harmless and it's sweet. Unlike the movie where it look, just looked creepy. I know. You know, the one thing is I was always concerned about, like, spirits do not possess inanimate objects like houses or toys. They possess people. An inhumane spirit can attach itself to a place or an object. And that is what occurred in Annabelle's case. Yeah, possibly. The spirit just manipulated the doll, created the illusion of being alive in order to get recognition. Truly, the spirit was not only there to stay attached to the doll, but was looking to possess a human host. Kind of like a, um, maybe like a, some kind of, uh, insect that, that kind of, you know, just wants to draw blood from you or something. Except it's your, you know, your, uh, fears and everything. Absolutely. Well, the one thing is, the Warrens immediately noted what they believed were the signs of a demonic possession, including teleportation, the doll moving on its own, 
materializing parchment paper notes and the mark of the beast that was clawed on, Ch uh, on Louis' chest. Yeah, that's a good sign. Um, the one thing I, I found out, though, is just like they actually performed an exorcism in the hood. That I they performed an exorcism in the apartment. Ah. Then the Warrens took the doll. But did they actually do anything like put it in a box? Oh, hell no. They just like put it in the back, put a seatbelt on it, and drove off. That'll teach that doll. Oh, yeah. Well, the one Shoot. thing about the haunted doll was when they were driving down the road, the brakes were giving out in the car. So Ed, he actually took a lot of holy water and doused that little doll with the holy water, which got the brakes done. Then when they got the doll home, they didn't put it in a glass box. Oh, hell no. They just let it go in the office and it started teleporting all the way through the office into the house and they found it. Then they finally realized they got to secure this thing into a case. Heck, I think I would have burned it and then put its ashes into a case first. I wonder if you could do that. I don't see why not. Keep it sealed up. Well, I don't know. I mean, you got the... Because the... then that way, if you do that, you know, have it sealed up. Otherwise, I don't think it would be able to, you know, uh, attach itself to something else. Well, you know, the one thing is they had the... Spe they had, the Warrens had to get a specially made glass case and wood case construction constructed upon and inscribed the Lord's Prayer the St. Michael's prayer for the rest of his life Ed would uh, periodically say a binding prayer over the case ensuring that the sinister spirit and the doll would remain good and trapped yeah they should have burned the doll because I mean it's still it's still alive today well not alive but still around today well, all I'm telling you is that, boys and girls, these things do happen. Now, you tell me your story. Well, before I do, I just wanted to let everyone know that um, the actual doll is located in Ed, Ed and Lorraine Warren's Occult Museum in Monroe, Connecticut. And at present, the tours of the Warren's Occult Museum are limited and are only being given via intim an intimate event called Warrenology. And they have a website, the Warren's website. But, um... So, us making a road trip up to Connecticut is in our foreseeable future, kids. As soon as the gas prices go down. I'm not going anywhere until this Republican in office. <laughs> anyway, now the other uh, most haunted doll is Robert the Doll. And Robert the Doll is in Florida, in uh, Key West. And there are many stories surrounding Key West and the uh, wider state, but the, the most famous one is Robert the Doll, Eugene Otto, and the elements of the bohemian voodoo said to link the two together. 
Although Robert seems to be nothing but a a rather careworn doll dressed in a sailor suit holding a toy dog, which I've heard it's kind of a weird looking thing because some people said that it's a tiger that he's a little baby no a baby lion that he's holding, but it also looks like a toy dog, so it's kind of the dog the whatever the critter is it's just really weird looking even just as weird as Robert the doll, but it's covered in small marks on Robert's face that seemed to appear like scars with small beady eyes and a smirk on his face. But uh, many agree that he is directly responsible for uh, a whole bounty of woe. Robert has, over the years, been accused of causing car accidents, relationship breakdowns, divorce, death, disease, and much, much more. So, you know, Robert's the real deal. Very strange, and it's probably a good thing that he's in Key, Ru- Key West, where it's kind of like away from any major land masses. But although Robert's origins origins are origins are disputed, this is the one of the most stories that gets passed around from family to family and member to member in the state. It's generally thought that Robert was given to Otto as a present from his grandfather following a trip to Germany. After some inv- investigation. The Fort West Martello Museum, where Robert resides today, is now thought that the doll was never actually intended to be a doll. Well, I mean, it's supposed to be a doll, but it was supposed to be some kind of other doll. It's thought to be made of stife, by stife, and perhaps to be have manufactured to be part of a clown or a jester display. And its outfit, it's thought to be, was Otto's own. Where Robert... And uh, and where oh where did Robert get his name from Eugene that's right Eugene's full name is Robert Eugene Otto soon the doll ended up with the name Robert while Otto was simply referred to by his middle name it's it's just a whole Robert thing it's from the boy to his grandfather another story about Robert the Hana doll and his origins describes Otto's family mistreatment of the servants and maids. The family lived in a large mansion house that still stands today down there in uh, the Florida Keys. And it stands at the corner of Simmington and Eaton. The size of the house meant that the family needed help. One maid apparently caught was caught using voodoo and was quickly fired. But before she left, she gave Robert to Eugene. But Robert was cursed. She used some of the voodoo that she had been fired for to bring the doll fear and discomfort to the family. So we got some voodoo going on down there. And I guess in that part of the the Key West uh, and the slaves and everything, I guess I wouldn't be surprised. But um, Robert the Haunted Doll is known for being more than a little spooky. But in the beginning, things seemed to be a little bit more innocent. But like any other childhood friendship between a boy and his toy... Eugene took Robert everywhere with him, and even though Robert the doll was probably a little bit large and unwieldy for a boy his age, Eugene was thought to be around eight when given Robert, and Robert stands about three foot tall, and he was never seen without his beady-eyed companion in tow. Eugene was often heard whispering to Robert, which was entirely normal, I guess. It was only when a deep voice was heard answering back to Eugene that 
things started to get just a little bit weird. The Robert Dahl story gets a little stranger and stranger as the years go on. Robert was said to have somewhat of a hold over Eugene, and loud, violent commotions could be heard, heard coming from Eugene's bedroom on an almost nightly basis. Furniture could be found overturned. Toys of Eugene's were often found ripped apart. And when the Otto family entered Eugene's room, he was found huddled in his bed, petrified. When asked what happened, he only had one answer. And guess what it was? Robert! Yep. That little creepy Robert. And on our uh, Facebook page, uh, we'll post a picture of what Robert looks like. And yeah, he's pretty creepy. And not only that, you can try to figure out in your mind what that thing is that he's holding in his lap, either a lion or a dog. But the stories of Robert the doll meant that he was quickly banished to the attic because he was, you know, there's just weird stuff going on with that little thing. Servants arrived and promptly quit their jobs in quick succession because it also claimed that the aunt that banished Robert to the attic died the same time he was put there. Despite his banishment, the Otto family were said to hear Robert the doll moving frequently upstairs. Portions of the house with his footsteps said to echo throughout the areas of the property were complete that were completely empty. And to make things even more creepy, he was even said to have uh, been heard giggling in the middle of the night. Oh, that's weird. And I'm sure it's like one of those creepy kid giggles, too. <laughs> Despite all of this, and despite of his obvious fear of Robert as a child, Eugene kept Robert as he grew up into an adult. Man, you love that doll, I tell you. Oh, shoot. I don't even think I... I think I do have a doll of mine, but it's like stored downstairs in a some kind of container. But he worked as an artist and later, later married and kept Eugene propped up in a window in his house. School children almost... And almost anyone walking past the property would say that they often saw the doll disappear from sight before appearing before their eyes. You mean Robert was kept propped up, not Eugene? Oh yeah, Robert was kept propped up. Yeah. And um, Robert the haunted doll once more placed demands on Eugene requesting that the turret room of the house because he wanted a room with a view in the street. Gene spent all of his time in the turret room with Robert and painting and talking to his doll until his death in 1974. So let me get this straight. The doll would actually talk to Eugene and tell him that he wanted to stay in the turret house at the top of the uh, of their house. Yeah, it and it's, it's sad, too, because it doesn't look like your average haunted house. It's actually a very nice, fancy-schmancy, artsy-fartsy house. And I think it was, like, I don't know, painted in a light pink or something. But it was a really nice-looking house. It's just, you know, they had Robert the Doll living in there. Well, we all got our quirks, and that was his. Yeah. So where is Robert now? Well... The story of Robert Eugene Otto doesn't end with his death, because I got to get to his death at least. 
because, you know, after that, Robert still obviously carries on. Well, you know, Robert Eugene is dead. But the Robert Dahl story continues well past Eugene's death, and the legend continues even to this day. The woman who bought Eugene's house was Robert's caretaker following the sale of the house. And she co corroborated many of Eugene's story, often found with Robert in an entirely different place where she had left him. Visitors to her new home, her new home didn't like Robert. She found that, she, that he'd appeared and disappeared at will somehow. She and her visitors claim visitors claimed that the already creepy expression on Robert's face appeared to change when anyone discussed Eugene in a negative way. But in 1994, the lady donated Robert to the Fort East Martello Museum in Key West, Florida, where he still resides today in a glass case. You know, I was just looking at a picture of Robert the doll, and there was him and some some somebody was posing with them holding that little stuffed dog or critter and i was like no that's absolutely creepy yeah well i don't know if it was if that could have been the real one it might have been like a copy of it because a lot of people start have started copying robert and his and his critter in his lap for some reason but i mean you know he is locked inside that glass which would mean that you, you think that his antics were over. But that couldn't be further from the truth. Robert's big move simply meant that the legend grew stronger and that he was exposed to more and more people. Today he even has a, his own social media accounts. And a Robert doll, Robert the doll replica is sold. So. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to buy y'all one. No! <laughs> if we're to believe anything about voodoo, perhaps... With the increased exposure of Robert, plus replicas of him being sold, the increased bad luck of visitors in the museum is simply due to the curse being spread further and further afield. And the staff at the museum claim that Robert has been found in different positions within his case, that footsteps have been heard around the museum at night with no apparent explanation for the noise, and that Robert's expression has been known to change from neutral to nasty in the blink of an eye. And the visitors to the museum are given advice on how to approach Robert because there's a very special way to approach him otherwise. Now what you have to do is you have to speak to him in a polite way and ask his permission to, to, to take a picture with him and to treat him with respect. The walls of Robert's display are littered with letters from visitors apologizing for their behavior when visiting the museum. They claim they have count, encountered the dreadful misfortune by getting into accidents, having nervous or relationships break, relationship breaks down, experience death or disease in the family after visiting Robert. And these letters seek to ask for his forgiveness. And there are over a thousand letters in total, and the museum keeps and catalogs all of them for future reference. So I mean, if you go to see Robert the doll, you better you better give him some respect. You better give him some props because if you don't, bad things gonna happen to you. Robert Juju. <laughs> but yeah, 
Uh, yeah. I've never known anyone that has gone to see that. No, I'm not. Well, I mean, I had a friend I'm down that was in Key West last weekend, and I I told him to go visit Robert the Doll at that, um, at that place, but I don't think he did. He's probably too chicken. Yeah, I don't blame him. Unless playing on taking both of y'all. Huh. <laughs> no, that's one place I don't want to go. And I don't want a Robert doll, Robert no, the doll replica no, either. No, mm-mm. that was on your Christmas list, man. Yeah. Well, scratch that one off. I'll go to Key West though. Yeah, Key West is nice. Yeah. Well, again, thank you for listening, and we will see you again next week. Have a great night. <laughs>